So it's actually really interesting. So um, we are very much in the people business. So I'm not quick to rush to bots and like doing everything on text and everything and like that. And, and we're not, you know, ChatGPT is good for some things, but not conversationally real time where you're interacting with people because personalities matter. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got a resident badass in the house today, Adi Campuzano. She's the founder and CEO of Dedicated Office Solutions, as well as co-owner in Capozano MMA. She has 23 plus years as an entrepreneur. She's built Dedicated Office into a seven-figure business and built out a brick-and-mortar MMA gym over the last six years, which survived COVID, of all things. She's built teams, consultative sales, communication, and um, she's also, while she's doing that, raised a couple of great kids. Uh, Adi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. And thanks for the intro. Absolutely. Um, so we we conversed a couple of weeks ago about one of my clients and you have an amazing solution. And so I wanted to make sure that my audience, my listeners knew what that was and that we we definitely talked about that first because you know how it is with podcasting. Everybody drops off after like 15, 20 minutes. So I want to make sure that we talk about that first. So I reached out to you and this was a home services client mm -hmm. that did not really have a good screening process for uh, leads that were coming in. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, the issue, the problem that you guys solve is the individual salespeople were doing all the screening, right? So you got a hundred, 200, 300 leads coming in a month. Imagine an individual salesperson having to go through all that that then run appointments and follow up and do proposals and presentations and everything else. And mm -hmm. so you guys had a solution that was perfect. And what I loved about it too, and I'll, I'll let you explain it, but what I loved about it too, is you are based in DFW and mm -hmm. all of your team is based in DFW. So yeah. walk us through the solution that you provided us with for that. Yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, salespeople, I believe, need to stay in their element and that's closing. And so, you know, when you kind of like dual purpose them and you have them calling leads and, and following up and chasing people and and prospecting, even though you might have inbound leads coming in, it kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of their sales because they want to talk to people who are already interested. So having a layer ahead of them is so helpful to set them up for success, which ultimately sets the company up for success. And that's the role that our company fills in um, providing dedicated teams that specialize in industries. So our team for home services was the great solution for this client. And they call leads, qualify them, make sure that they're a great fit, communicate the value proposition so that they're excited to get on the sales call. And that allows the salesperson to stay in their element and talk to people who are qualified, interested prospects so that they can close better. So for me, this is a, a solution that sub sub seven figure entrepreneurs are looking for, you know, yeah. and then obviously as you scale, 
the solution gets bigger and bigger and more needed, right? Mm -hmm. And so what typically happens in a home services organization, a sales organization, anybody that generates leads is initially it's the owner doing everything. And then they get an admin, right? And now the admin's doing some of that stuff. Maybe they're taking some of those inbound leads, the owner's Mm -hmm. calling uh, outbound leads that got sent to them via email or Facebook Messenger or whatever the case is, right? And mm-hmm. so they're breaking that up a little bit. And then um, the the owner finally hires the salesperson, yeah. right? And now the salesperson has to handle everything sales. And this is the first mistake most owners make, like you said, because they are, they're asking their salesperson to do everything. Again, this may be a, a solution up to about 500K in, in my opinion. But once mm-hmm. you start doing business over 500K, you need to outsource this solution. And, and, and here's the crazy part. I'm thinking... When I'm first talking to you, this is a, you know, two to three thousand, five thousand dollar cost per month. You know what I mean for you guys to handle this, like, and and then you gave me your pricing, and I was like, you know what, this makes so much sense, especially if her people are able to handle multiple campaigns. You know, mm-hmm. it makes a ton of sense. And being that they're U.S. based, I feel like that's going to give them an advantage over some of the overseas call centers because mm-hmm. so much of the reason that call center agents can't handle multiple campaigns is because they are, they, they're having to make up for the gap in culture, the gap in dialect, the ga- mm-hmm. gap in, uh, uh, economy, you know, understanding yeah. that, Hey, a pool is a normal thing for an American to buy, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, for somebody in the Philippines or somebody in Mexico, that is only for the, the top tier mm-hmm. of the uh, economy. Right. So right. Th- all those gaps are bridged and, and um, you're able to provide a cost-effective solution. So right away, I, I can hear my listeners already, well, that's gonna be expensive. It's yeah. not as expensive as you think it is. Uh, Adi, what's the entry-level pricing? I mean, we start plans as low as 549 a month, which essentially gives you a full staff available for a 13-hour business day, and you're only paying for the actual time that we're active on the calls. And so even to back up to what you're saying in terms of the life cycle of a business, you know, a lot of times you're pulling your spouse in (laughs) and before you even get that admin and then, you know, (laughs) what was your dream is now the family dream. And then it just, you know, kind of snowballs. But when it gets overwhelming, it it kind of bleeds into the family dynamic, especially if you have kids. And so. Um, so it's really, you know, a, a life cycle within a business to keep evolving into those next steps. And one of the things I hear all the time when I talk to business owners is that it's really hard to find, train, keep, and just oversee and manage administrative staff. There's a lot of components and oftentimes the business owner, you know, you have to learn how to wear all the hats at some point, but doesn't mean you like it and doesn't mean it's your strong you know, suit, it's that it's your skill set. So, you know, just being the owner doesn't make you an expert in everything. And it's really important right. to have the humility and the really the maturity in business to know when to hire and when to outsource people who just specialize in the thing that you need, like a sales professional or a marketing professional or an administrative or appointment setting professional, and then ultimately, you know, a sales professional. So, Um, we're able to come in and I've always had the vision of supporting small businesses. Um, You know, it's come to us to do enterprise and do like large, large stuff. But I really, I love small businesses and I love working with small business owners. And I find that we 
have a really um, nice fit in the marketplace to solve a problem that is prevalent in every growth pattern for every business. It's really the same everywhere. Um, and because we're so scalable and we can start at such a low entry point, like you said, the pricing is almost like shockingly affordable, um, but it's scalable. Yeah. So even as you grow and as your business increases volume and traffic, you're able to, we can grow with you. So it's not like you outgrow us. Yeah. Um, and even as you bring people on, we become that safety net and that supplemental support so that you're never all your eggs in one basket with an internal team, you lose one person and now you're, you're bleeding. Um, so yeah. So to answer your, your final question, but go ahead. Um, no, it's just, it's, it's beautiful because it, it minimizes risk so much, you know, and yeah. it, it, it spreads out that responsibility of maintaining a W2 employee, maintaining mm -hmm. the scripting, the training, the um, management, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It outsources so much of that. And, and what, one of the things that click for me is like, all right, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? And so at first, your offer sounded too good to be true. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, she's been doing this 23 years. Right. You know, how many clients does she have? How much experience does she have? Her SOPs, everything must be dialed in like crate 23 years, you know? Yeah. And so um, then it made sense. I was like, okay, yeah, if I was doing that for 23 years, I would be able to make it very cost effective because I would have a nice base of clients. I would always have something for my people to do because of that. Right. And um, they would be able to switch from client to client fluidly without missing a beat because I have, I have everything dialed in and the, the onboarding process, which we're going through right now for my client is huge in that. And you guys are dialed in on that as well. I'm, I'm behind and I need to get y'all more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love how your brain works and that you kind of can break down how it makes sense for us to yeah. do our business because you're just an architect and an engineer of business and processes and sales and cash flow. And so I, I can see how you're, you know, figuring it out and seeing how it works and makes sense. So we're a shared service. Yeah. If it was five people dedicated only to your business for a couple hundred minutes, it would not never make sense. But the, the benefit to both of us, like to the client and to us, is that it's a shared service. So you're paying just for your small portion and we're putting resources towards your small portion. However, our whole ecosystem is established. Our processes, our integrations, our automations, our development team, our training team, our QA team, that's global, right? So they're servicing yeah. the staff who can then service a plethora of clients and everybody's getting the resources and support that they need. But that shared environment, like anything, you know, it all adds up to make it make sense. Okay. So one of the major factors in, in lead gen right now is the time that it takes you to con make contact with that lead. And yeah. so what I love about your entry level pricing is it allows some of those bigger companies, the companies that are doing a million plus 5 million plus 10 million to test mm -hmm. you guys out, right? Because yeah. they're not yeah. giving you the whole thing. They're just mm -hmm. giving you a piece of it, right? And so this is something I would do for leads that I know if I don't contact them within like five minutes or if I don't answer the phone when they call because I don't have the resources to do that, that my conversion rate starts diving, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I could even increase my conversion rate 10% and that would create uh, a grand in profit, 
then I, mm-hmm. I have ability to do this. Right. And yeah. so I think those are fact, you know, that's the last thing that I'm going to say about it is your time to contact is massive in home services. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it is as simple. It, it can be as big as a solar purchase, a pool purchase, an AC repair. You know what I mean? These, these things that if you don't answer, they're going to go to the mm-hmm. next name on the list that they saw on Google. Right. Or they're going yeah. to go, you know, even if they respond to an ad, now you put it in their head that they need a new pool or they need a new right. solar system or that they need new landscaping, whatever the case is, you put it in their head now. And so they're like, yeah. well, they didn't answer or they didn't get back to me fast enough. Let me try another company and I'll Google mm-hmm. it and find another company. And all of a sudden that legion you just spent money on goes to somebody else, you know? And so, um, but that's, that's what I will, will say about that. You know, my, my podcasts don't normally start out as commercials for my guests, but <laughs> this was something that I hadn't found yet. I've been looking for probably for two years now since I started taking on consulting mm. clients. And so uh, I wanted to make sure my listeners knew about it and they, that they could take advantage of it if they choose to do so. Well, so I let's pivot a little it. bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pivot a little bit here and let's talk about this, this MMA gym. I mean, if somebody is attacking you right now, you can handle yourself. Is that what I'm, I'm deriving yes. from this? <laughs> And I'm in Texas, so if it's I not my fist, it. it could be a gun, but. <laughs> okay, but yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, it's it's one of those things that, like, you put on the back burner and you put on the back burner. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a somewhat big dude. I don't have any background in fighting or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I could handle myself to a certain degree, not with anybody that was trained, obviously. And so, so when I think about my wife, I'm like, she doesn't like guns. She's not a fighter. You know what I'm saying? And so when I, anytime I see somebody that owns an MMA gym, immediately I'm thinking I need to get at least, you know, do couples training or something mm-hmm. to get her, you know, at least to where she can handle herself in a bad situation against, yep. you know, a random person that doesn't have training. Right. And so yeah. um, how did this come about for you? Well, and at least having a situational awareness um, to just mm-hmm. understand what's going on. And that's something I think every spouse, I think every husband should provide their wife is just like, make sure you're aware, mm-hmm. don't be distracted and just basic self-defense, just common things. But um, how it came about was, I, you know, when I was 18, so many, many moons ago, um, I was just looking for something. I, you know, I was in New York at the time in Long Island and um, heard a commercial, went and tried it out, and I've been hooked ever since. So I've been training since, I'll give my age away, but since 1995, um, I've been wow. doing martial arts. And then, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the gym came about because um, my husband used to fight in the UFC. He's a, he's a, he was a professional fighter for um, eight or 10 years. And so um, for, for us, the next evolution when he stopped fighting was, to open up a gym so that he could take all of that experience and knowledge and help our community and you know coach kids young athletes we have um all ages we have beginners amateurs professionals so um it was my first career also so i wasn't just mm-hmm. you know practitioner that was the first like job i had for a long time after high school i did some secretarial stuff but then i was so um, passionate about training that, you know, my instructor at the time had asked me to work there. And so I was, you know, running the school and I learned, actually, I learned business through martial arts um, because I was involved in an organization that is probably the biggest in the country now. And they 
ran a very profitable business and I learned a lot of, I learned sales. I learned a lot about interacting with people and, and converting and upselling and just, um, the business of it, as well as, you know, creating a skill set and, and feeding a passion. I love that because that's kind of how I learned too, which was working for someone mm -hmm. else, learning from them and kind of doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then when it came, my, my opportunity came up, I knew how to do all these different departments of a business, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, was able to execute on that. So with, uh, with MMA, you know, and I, I've done a talk for MMA gym owners before, you mm -hmm. know, around sales and how to structure their sales yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so much of it has to be done in person, right? So 2020 comes around. How were you guys able to survive that? What did you, what are some of the strategies you put in place for our brick and mortar people that are listening? So I know what a lot of gyms did and I know we did what was not the popular move. Um, we had, a, you know, the dedicated office solutions has always been successful. Um, when we got shut down in 2020, you know, I didn't subscribe to any of the COVID bullshit. It was mm -hmm. just, I'm just not right. that person. So, um, you know, we, we had to shut for a couple of months and I just refocused into dedicated and, and it actually wound up working really well in the long run, but we just kind of weathered the storm, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for us, it was not our main source of income. So mm -hmm. as the smaller of our two businesses, so we were able to weather it, keep our coaches paid just keep things going. Um, and then when we reopened, you know, we, uh, no masks, just our gym's always immaculate clean. So yeah. we welcomed people in who wanted to live life. And so, uh, you know, people would ask me, well, what are your protocols? What do you do? And I'm like, Hey, we're, we're all 2019 here. We're living like it's 2019. Yeah. So you can come in and train. Yeah. I'm not putting a mask on your kid. Like that's dangerous. And so, um, we were able to just kind of, you know, wait it out, build up. We got a really, really awesome group of new people. I mean, we literally lost our entire membership base. We had 250, yeah. you know, families training with us on, on annual contracts. And, um, what other gyms did was virtual training, or they'd put people in boxes and masks and just did weird things that we just weren't excited to do. Um, yeah. And we didn't feel good about charging people for putting their kid in front of a, a camera screen. on a screen. Yeah. So we, we literally went from thriving to dead <laughs> and it took some time to rebuild it, but I feel like we're at, in a better place than ever. We have a really, really good student base right now. And um, I know my husband's like super excited about the athletes that we have. We have some, yeah. some really promising professional athletes. And so it's exciting. That's fantastic. And I think, and this is outside looking in, but I think what that did is that kind of purged your clients a little bit. Cause you think about it, the ones that came back, you know, and this is, this is just in general and not trying to get mm -hmm. too political here, but yeah. typically <laughs> entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. you know, are the, are the first ones to like not wear the mask and, and not take the vaccine and are very mm -hmm. aggressive in their own discipline and a very yep. aggressive in growth and development. So the clients mm -hmm. that you got back were the ones that were aggressive in growth and development, you know, and then the clients oh, yeah. you maintained after that over the next year, because you didn't have any protocols in place, were mm -hmm. kind of taking ownership of their own health, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And yeah, so, the people who... Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the people who came back in 2020 were absolutely the freedom-minded. I'm not going to be told yeah. what to do. Get your needles away from me 
people. So it was fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So let's talk about some of the, the, the milestones that you've crossed in business, you know, so you opened your first call center business at 23 and then you exited that in 2012. What did that look like and how were you able to execute it? Or I'm sorry, exit it. Well, it was actually a bloody mess. So it was really more of a business split. So I, you know, had a partner and we just kind of went our separate ways. So I had to rebirth the business at that time. Um, so kind of end of 2012 was 2012 was challenging. It was probably the most challenging year in business ever, maybe it, overall and everything. But um, so I had to rebuild, rebrand, start from the def from a deficit. I really had to start from six feet under um, and rebuild the business, pay off debts, get my clients back and just kind of start over. Um, so so this and so that entity had birthed our call center concept. And then this entity birthed the next season of it where I was on my own and just doing it my way and, yeah. and rebuilding it from there. So um, it wasn't a beautiful uh, exit. It wasn't like I sold it and cashed out. It just was, you know, dead. And I just, I, I had such a strong commitment to my clients and, <clears throat> you know, technologies evolved along the way. But at the time, like, for us to give a client a phone number was a big deal. So now their business yeah. phone number that we gave them is published all over. That's on their website. It's on their business cards. It's on their brochures. And I had such a strong commitment to not like shut down hundreds of businesses because of what was going on behind the scenes that I powered mm. through, you know, there was lawsuits. There was just, a, it was messy, but yeah. um, I was able to maintain <clears throat> and, um, just maintain our clientele and I was able to, mm -hmm. to provide them all continuity. And then we just rebuilt from scratch and I had a very small core team and we just built it and just everything just, you know, re came back from there. And now obviously it's better than ever. And the partner that I was with, we're actually good friends now. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, just an evolution. It was a growth experience. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's so common in our circles too especially, you know, I was in executives before apex mm -hmm. executives before, and every one of us had a story like that. You know, yeah. I think I'm going through something very similar right now where I shut down my doors teams and my solar teams and my mm -hmm. AT&T teams last year, you know? And so it's mm -hmm. like, all right, in order to get to the next level or in right. order to get to the, to what I, what I want from that, an yeah. evolution is going to have to take place and I'm going to have to go through the shit for a little bit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's, that's essentially what you did. And you came out so much stronger on the back end of it. And it's, it's a common theme in growth and development. It's a common theme that you mm -hmm. hear from stage, you know, but despite it being so common, I think people take it for granted how that has to happen in order for you to get seven figures. You know, that is a yeah. big, you know, if you're, if you're stuck at, 600, 700, 800,000 right now, it's because you probably are playing it safe. And there's some yeah. growth that has to happen in order for you to get to that seven figure mark. And so that you can come on a podcast like Adia is right now and tell this story that she's telling right now. So that's fantastic. Okay. So and you kind see of what they're made of, you know, there's a lot of grit that comes out of it and you just, you get tested. Oh, absolutely. And I apologize to the, the, uh, the listeners and Adi here. My internet signal is not great right now. So we're experiencing a delay, but she's beautifully, beautifully running through this with me. So 
All right. So I want to pivot to back to the call center, you know, and, and let's just talk about the people that aren't ready to outsource yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we get that call in, you know, and, and we can kind of niche this down to home services because that's a lot of the listeners that we have. When we get that mm -hmm. call in, what, what are some of the mistakes that businesses are making in qualifying their leads? Okay, well, the first mistake is not picking up the phone or not calling the lead. And I think that's where a lot of drop off <laughs> happens. Um, you know, obviously, you guys are in home services, you're not in the office, you're not sitting at a desk, just waiting for things to happen and people to call and, and, you know, interactions to occur digitally. It's a very physical out on the road, talking to people face to face, getting up on a roof, you know, digging out a backyard, like, so, um, so first and foremost, is having somebody who's accountable and responsible for picking up the phone, calling the leads um, consistently. And so that's number one. And then, of course, once you do connect with someone, um, it's important to have your qualifying script to make sure that you're communicating effectively, getting the right information, creating value in why they should go to you. It is a competitive world. Everybody is just a couple of keystrokes away. You know, every competitor you have is just a Google search away. So um, my philosophy on business has always just been, you know, it's all relationships. I'm very much a relational salesperson. I'm very much a, a relational business person. I have clients who have been with us for over, for 20 years plus. Um, so I, I think that when training somebody to be in office to handle your stuff, it's really important that they like the people on the other end, that they are happy to talk to people, that their personality is conducive to this kind of work, that they're um, willing to be helpful and that they are genuinely excited to have the client get the benefit of services that your business offers. So I think that's like a really important prerequisite when you're putting somebody on the phone to qualify leads or do any type of customer service and then ultimately sales, of course, as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's something that we talk about so much on this show is one of the most important pieces of being a salesperson is believing in what you sell. If you can mm -hmm. use it, if you can afford it, great, do that, you know, because then your conviction is going to come through even more. But you have to truly believe in what you sell. Otherwise, yeah. you're you're not doing it with any passion and you're not fulfilled mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, right. and you can tell when you provide a solution like this to a business owner, it fulfills you. Uh, 100%. You light up when you talk about it. You know, we can feel that energy even through uh, a, a virtual call like this, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's um, some massive value that you're giving the listeners there and reiterating that as well as uh, it's the basics, you know, of what you're saying. I've built so many sales programs where the first thing I've had to do is go in and put in a qualifying script. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, you're killing your salespeople here. You're overworking them. You're making them go to every appointment possible instead of giving them quality appointments, you know, which I've talked about this too. There's variables involved. You know, sometimes you need, you need them to have more shots. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a more premium product and they have to have, they have to, uh, they have to be able to communicate to the customer earlier on in the sales process versus later on when, you know, they're already making a decision, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think all of those things are incredibly important. Awesome. So, what is going on in your business? 
that you're excited about right now? Maybe one thing in your business and then one thing in your personal life. Okay. So in my business, I am excited about, we're actually developing some cool stuff. So my, my oldest son is 19 and he's like super smart and savvy with tech. And he's actually the reason we brought him into the business uh, in, uh, he was still in high school, he 2018, 19, 20, 20, like over the years. And he's developed a lot of our systems and processes. So he is building out some really cool tech for us that we're hoping to launch um, in terms of like our phone system. And we're um, very much on the cutting edge of AI stuff. And so we have some cool projects that we're doing on the back end, but in the right now, and that's a little bit down the road, but in the right now, we're building our teams. My leadership team just makes me so happy. Um, they've been with me for years. They handle, and you've met with some of them. They handle our mm -hmm. onboardings, our client success. They handle our training, our development, our QA, our SOPs. And so our processes and our systems are so dialed in. They're so streamlined. We're able to grow our staff of agents and they have so much support and so much of a great experience in learning our systems, learning our clients, learning our processes, best practices to get results. So that lights me up right now is we're growing our team, our processes keep improving and we're able to provide so much efficiency and, and um, great ROI to our clients. I'm I'm curious and mm -hmm. that that all sounds fantastic. And I love it just right when you said that, you know, you're you brought your son in for the technology piece, I was thinking about like my kids and what yeah. talents they'll have and if the, they could incorporate it into mine or my wife's business. So it's exciting to think about that. But how are you guys using AI in your business? So it's actually really interesting. So um, we are very much in the people business, so I'm not quick to rush to bots and like doing everything on text and everything and like that. And, and we're not, you know, ChatGPT is good for some things, but not conversationally real time where you're interacting with people because personalities matter. So, um, but what we're looking at in the future is the potential, we'll see how it goes, of some voice products and how that can play in. Um, there are some really cool models that, um, so my son, and I mentioned, you know, is, is been on the cutting edge. He was using AI to do his homework in ninth grade. And so before <laughs> ChatGPT came out, he, he was, he trained a bot. He trained, he trained a really obnoxious bot conversationally just for fun off of like 4chan. And then Dude, who um, is this was, kid? Oh, he's, <laughs> you'll, awesome. he'll be known. He will definitely be known in coming years. I have no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, so he's building, uh, so we actually in our, in our, in our call center use two different systems because there's no one perfect system that does everything needed. So he's custom building a system that will do everything that does everything in terms of logical scripting, IVR, fast dialing, all the integrations with software, just all the, like the whole wish list, um, that we over two decades have like procured as our needs and the way that we do things. So right now we have to use a couple of different systems and we've done it in a very specific way for ourselves. So he's building that. And then, you know, there's going to be a component of potentially AI agents and voice AI. And that would be an option that people can take advantage of um, because it, it looks like it's going that way and it's going to be a great wow. solution. 
Yeah. So like complete from call in to setting the appointment, AI could mm -hmm. handle that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we'll have hum humans on standby and there will be a mm -hmm. rollover, but man, the way it's going, I don't think it's going to be necessary. So this is the, this is the first time. And I have been, I have interviewed, you know, people that are AI experts deep in the AI industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's the first time someone says, Hey, this is the way it's going. I think people are afraid to say it, you know, because it's yeah. some, it, it's somehow anti-human, you know, at the, at the same time, it like, I, I would imagine there's going to be some cost savings with that. Right. And so um, it's going to allow businesses to take advantage even more of this in terms of qualifying their leads. Now I'm still, I'm still split on whether AI is going to be able to outsell a human. You know what I mean? Obviously face to face, that's not going to happen anytime soon soon right. but over the phone i would still argue a little bit but i'm also not as you know educated on it as probably your son or yourself now and so um let, let's kind of get into that conversation a little bit you think that long-term ai is going to be able to out convert humans and sales over the phone sales at least i think it depends on the product but ultimately and it could be five eight ten years out yes um because there's a static amount of information. Now, will people want to stop interacting with other people? No. Will things evolve to where our interactions are going to be on different planes? Yes. So like right now, you know, back in the day, and I'm from the Northeast, if you drive in New Jersey, somebody's pumping your gas. You cannot pump your own gas, right? There's an attendant there to do it for you. But now anywhere else you go, you just put your credit card in, you pump your own gas. You're still getting the gas. There's still people, but like you're not doing everything like a person doesn't have to do for you. There's self-checkout. There's just going to be a shift. So like when I think about my team and, and if having AI agents, what's that going to look like? I am just going to transition them because there are still going to be client relationships. Yeah. So there's still going to be client success, client relationships, evolution in the training, in the scripts, in the protocols. That all still needs to be managed by people. There's always a place for people. I believe that. But I do think that just like in all the other years prior to this decade, there's going to be processes that can be outsourced and replaced by technology. And that's just the evolution of humanity until one day they all take over and kill us all. But <laughs> <laughs> until then. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I, I love that you know it's a possibility, right? Yeah. Um, but no, what you're saying makes sense. And, 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 and here's why, right? And so there, there's, there's two sides to it in my mind, like that the human brain subconsciously can call bullshit, right? That's one mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the, from what I understand, and this, I, I learned this from another guest, the FBI has done research on this, mm -hmm. right? And computer generated um, audio versus genuine human audio has uh, a different amount of bytes of information in it because of the way the human brain works, the more information it has, the more it trusts. And if mm -hmm. it trusts, then it buys. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, from what I understand, they're not going to be able to relay as much and which sounds crazy, right? A computer, mm -hmm. a computer doesn't have the ability to a computer voice generated voice doesn't have the ability to relay as much information as a right. human generated voice which that doesn't make sense. Right. But it also like there's divine creation and, you know, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. On the flip side of that, so as much as there's this technical side of my brain and and just yeah. who I'm around and learning, but I'm also very spiritual and dialed into that we are energetic beings and mm -hmm. that everything is light and frequency. And so yeah. what you're saying makes so much sense that our energy is connecting and communicating with the energy of another human being, even if it's over a technical medium like a, like a video call or a phone call or a podcast. So I don't think that anytime soon actual sales will happen through AI. Appointment right. settings a little different in my opinion yeah. because it's really just the logistical step. Yeah, yeah, it's more transactional. And I think transactional things can happen with AI, but I feel like the actual commitments and connections will remain human. Mm -hmm. So no, that makes it's sense. a really interesting dynamic i think that there's like a, a a place to where it can step in and i also think that it depends on the business it depends on the type of appointment setting as you know if it is more yeah. transactional or if it's more emotionally based if it's medical or if it's something emotional you know where there's a tie-in so it's interesting we'll see how how it works and i think that maybe a blended approach is going to be ideal um for a period of time and you know, I think I think we can speculate, but nobody knows for yeah. sure. So I, I have something fun that we should probably both do research on. And I know okay. after Ryan hears this, if he hasn't heard it already, Ryan's my producer. He hasn't heard it already. He's going to research it. But I saw a TikTok the other day, right? Okay. And so it's so funny when you get together with your family and everybody's like, oh, but I saw a TikTok that said this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to do your own research. But I did see a TikTok the other day. And it was a, a pastor talking about this research that he was doing and that he came across these scientists that were studying the most the most fundamental forms of matter, like, you know, the atom. And they were splitting mm -hmm. atoms to mm -hmm. neutrons and, and electrons and, and that whole deal. Like, what is the, the fundamental uh, form of energy or creation, right? And so they got down, they got with this massive microscope, this insane multi uh tens of millions of dollar microscope right and they got down to this this form of energy and what it was is they said it was the shape of a rubber band right and it was composed of sound waves mm -hmm. that were moving so fast that they formed physical matter right and so if you think about it like our our desk that we're at right now mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's just sound yeah. okay and then what does the bible say in the beginning God spoke the word, the world into existence, yeah. spoke it. And so it kind of like ties science, ties it back to the Bible. And that makes so much more sense than just yeah. an explosion. Right. And so, um, now, so that kind of counters what I was saying, which is like, all right, well, if something was created and spoken into existence, then that same thing in the spoken form, right. This, this, uh, non-human element mm -hmm. is is actually made up of the same stuff that we're made up of when you think about it so maybe maybe it will be you know we will be replaced in 10 years by, by ai <laughs> <laughs> i think it'll be a shift and yeah that yeah. um you know it and it's it's a good reminder because i think everyone gets caught up in the physical world and even moving your business along and moving matter with matter and if you are able to remind yourself that at the end of the day, our very fundamental cells are just 
frequency, sound frequency and yes. space. And, and we're all ultimately energy, even though it feels so real. Um, that's where we move things is with our intention is with our gratitude is with love. And so, you know, even the most physical things and most mechanical and technological things, ultimately in this world, we're all sharing the same energy. So yeah, to your point, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how it'll play out in the next decade. And, yeah. um, I think that I do think that there are just going to be levels that AI is going to be wonderful. And I yeah. think that at the same time, it's an interesting time for it to all come about because we're in this whole like spiritual warfare, right? Within our, our mm -hmm. world. And I think yeah. that at the same time, people are having to reconnect to their humanity, their divinity, their purpose. And so we can use tools as function, but maybe this is my hope. My hope mm -hmm. is that AI and machine learning become so efficient that we are no longer slaves in this rat race, just paying our government to waste our money. And we can actually do things that have more purpose than trying to make enough money to pay enough taxes, to buy enough stuff and pay more taxes. And just like, I do think about that, like what is our day comprised of? It's just mm -hmm. hustle, it's so much hustle. But yeah. <clears throat> where's the, the art, the creativity, the time with our kids, the, development of the human spirit, the time to meditate, the time to connect spiritually. So maybe machine learning and AI will give us the freedom and the time within our day to earn a living, to pay for our resources and the things that we need in our life, but then put our focus into things that ultimately may be more important. I love that concept so much because it's, it's not mainstream in the sense of you know, all the movies we've seen have have uh, structured AI as this bad thing, right? That eventually wants to take over and kill us all, right? <laughs> and and we get so indoctrinated in that you, we don't consider what you just said. It's like it it creates or it, it takes over so many tasks, and it it makes available what's not available, right? In 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 essence, it reduces the. I mean, we're flourishing more now than ever in terms of opportunity, in terms of, um, you know, like at least in our countries, in country, countries that have technology, people don't go hungry very easily. You have to work really hard to go hungry. You know what I'm saying? As an adult, I should say. And so um, technology has benefited us in that sense. So why, like you're saying, wouldn't it benefit us as AI takes over more and more and gets rid of some of these tasks and makes them less expensive? So if and we make all these tests, go ahead. All right. I was going to say, what's our most precious resource? Time. Time. Mm -hmm. So if a computer can give us our time back, what can we possibly do? Mm -hmm. But the, the, the other end of that that has to happen is the cost of living has to be reduced, right? Or um, not like dollar-wise, but I guess, uh, I guess, purchase wise, or I don't know how to say that, like what it takes to earn enough to, to live, you know what I'm saying? But if it doesn't right. cost as much to create the things that we want in our lives, right. 100%. you know, I feel like 
there's so much stress and complication inserted into society to keep us hungry, to keep that carrot dangling, mm -hmm. to keep you working so that you can pay and that people stay in power. I mean, a distracted mind can't create, a distracted and stressed mind can't flourish, right? And so like, we're just put into this, it's just this rat race. And so your humanity is lost when you're always busy and tasked and stressed and miserable and worrying about paying bills. And that's the society that we've created. It doesn't need to be the human experience. It is right now in the culture that we have. But mm -hmm. if you think about a world where, you know, we have what we need, we have what it what lights us up, and there's an opportunity to get more and do more and and be more, but mm -hmm. you're not it's not necessarily in the same infrastructure. Now I know I'm going right. off onto like you No, know, I love it. I love things, it so much. <laughs> this is the world that I want to live in where you have yeah. everything you need because if we can create and utilize machine learning and, and the, you know, like it all came from somewhere, you know, it was created by humans. It was created to evolve us as everything so far has to an extent. So if the functions that people are spending their time, energy, resources on can be done without that where can we put our time energy and resources it doesn't necessarily mean we'll have less it means it might cost less to to provide and produce the things that we want but i think what's going to help that is we're starting to want less you know there's a reason that everybody is kind of getting into biohacking and yeah. and focusing more on themselves you know you hear it in every podcast you've ever heard which is take care of yourself first which is is very very true in terms of life you know if you don't you're not going to be around to help others right and yeah. so i do i think we as a society maybe it's just the circles i'm running in because i hang out with people like you right which is yeah. like hey we want less government we want more freedom we want mm -hmm. to focus on ourselves more and uh ai is going to allow us to do that and us as leaders as business leaders and you know having people that work for us you know, what if we put the tools in their hands to where they're more effective in less time and can work less and can focus on themselves, their health, their mindfulness, their faith and all these things more. I mean, mm -hmm. and so. No, I love the conversation. Absolutely love the conversation. Like, was it yeah. expecting this to stop about seven minutes ago? But it's, it's, <laughs> it's way too good now. But I, I will I will wrap it up with a few more questions. OK, and, and this is what I questions I've, I've, I ask of all of my guests, which I love that we just had that conversation because it leads right into it. What does legacy mean to you? And what legacy do you want to leave behind? That's a great question. And it's something that I'm still curating, to be honest. Um, I feel like what we were just talking about, I've been such a victim to because I'm always like, I need to do this. I need to build this. I need to create this. I need to get all the things done. But to me, at this point in my life, the most important thing is family, is my legacy is to set my kids up to just do great things and be a great influence in the world. And so our financial success, my husband and I are on the same page, our financial success is to support our kids in their dreams so that they can start businesses and have impact and you know influence people make lives of the people around them better. So, um, you know, I, I feel like 
a little bit of that is to be determined. I'm still a work in progress in creating that. But right now my focus is just being the best for my family, my clients, my staff, and uh, hopefully that influence and the progress I make leaves people better. I love it. I love it so much. I love the conversation we had in the beginning. That was very practical, very about your business and for your business and uh, for the listeners <clears throat> to be able to utilize that as well as, you know, kind of audit their own systems, you know, whether it be yeah. sales. And then uh, obviously the uh, AI conversation was fantastic. <laughs> really challenged me, you know, because I, I have, I've been looking at it as a negative thing and I'm very mm -hmm. human focused, very people focused right now, very family focused, like you said, and, yeah. and, and loving the energy that I get from my family and from interacting with people in the mm -hmm. virtual world that we were kind of forced into, right? Yeah. But you're looking at it in such a positive light. I love that so much as well as the legacy that you want to leave behind. So Adi, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a fantastic episode thank and you. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me, Doug. It's been so much fun. Awesome. Let's get building. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.